Hello, it's Saturday the 8th of May and in the history of Arsenal it's quite a big day. Some of you may remember this, uh, some of you may not, but in this show we're going to relive the 1971 FA Cup run, of course, as Arsenal um, won the double 50 years ago. Well, what a great, um, some great memories we're going to have today. Hopefully that um, that tune has got you in the mood as well for um, some good memories of what were great times for Arsenal. We did have great times once, believe it or not. I know it's quite hard to believe watching the team over the last few years, but um, we did used to be quite good and win some big trophies. And 50 years ago this week, in fact, 50 years ago this day, 8th of May 1971, we won the FA Cup at Wembley and by doing so completed the League and Cup double, the first of the three that, um, that we've won in our history. So monumental time for the club. Now, I could sit here and talk about it all day, but unfortunately, I wasn't old enough to have been there. I was only two years old at the time, so I kind of missed it all. But to help me out and to go through all these great memories, I've got two two people with me who were there uh, and have got some great um, some great memories to share with everybody. First of all, of course, I uh, say so we, we can't do a show without him at all, can we? It's, of course, Melvin. How you doing, Melvin? And, and special guest with Melvin, of course, the actual ball from the 71 final. What a great guest that is as well. Shame it can't speak, but anyway. Are you OK, Melvin? Yeah, I speak to the ball, actually, so I don't have anything back. Never mind. Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Fine, thanks. I mean, that tune, as you said, brings back so many great memories. Unbelievable. Yeah. Brilliant. That no, is. It really gets it really gets you going, doesn't it? It kind of makes you. Look, I mean, I played it before the game on Thursday. Shame the players didn't hear it. They might have played a bit better. But anyway, um, yeah. we'll see. Um, maybe in the future, maybe it'll get played into the dressing room before the game. Um, and also joining me, it's his first time on the sh on the channel. Actually, it's a real pleasure. Someone with a great, um, you know, great Arsenal supporting history, some great memories. It's um, Gary. How you doing, Gary? Thanks for joining the show. Good evening. Good evening, chaps. How are you? Very yeah, well. Good. Good. Looking forward to. I haven't got a cup. I have got a cup, uh, cup final ball. Got a cup final ticket. That's my ticket. <laughs> well, at least you got, got it. Program. Oh, that's good. And I've got a little bit of the pitch from White Hart Lane that I dug up in 1971. Wow, wow that is good. <laughs> That is, that is uh, brilliant. So between, so between you two, you've pretty much got everything covered. We've got the ball, we've got the pitch, we've got a programme and a <laughs> ticket. So what more What more could we want, really? Um, so I'm looking forward to this, actually, because I say, I, obviously, unfortunately, I was too young to, to actually remember the games, but I've read a lot about it, obviously. Particularly the stuff that you've done, Gary, actually. You've, um, your, your kind of account of the double season I've read on, is it Gunners Town, isn't it? That's right, yeah. I've done a four-part series, like the prelude to it, and then... I've covered the actual season in three parts after that. Yeah, yeah but, no, uh, no. a lot of nice comments. It's really nice for people to appreciate the way people uh, responded and the good comments that they made. 
really like no, it. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. And, you know, if anybody that follows the history of Arsenal, it's definitely um, a good read. It, you know, it, it will take a while to read it all, but it's definitely worth it because it's fantastic stuff. Some great memories of, of the season as well. But we're going to touch on um, bits and pieces of it tonight, obviously. The, the other night we did a show, you know, on the whole season, the league campaign and winning the league at Tottenham and all that kind of great stuff as well. So today, because it is the 50th anniversary of the FA Cup final, we're going to look back on the FA Cup run, which um, was quite a, a long run, actually. Nine games it took in the end, uh, including the final. So, you know, in, in the days of sort of replays and all that kind of stuff um it was uh, quite a long cup run but obviously it turned out to be a great cup run in the end um so i suppose the best place to start would be where it all began so the third round then um a tricky looking tie i suppose non-league overall era non-league at the time um, the sloping pitch. Now, as far as I remember, you guys probably know more. The original game was called off, wasn't it, for a frozen That's pitch? Right. And Yeovil wanted it to go ahead because they fancied their chance of beating us on on their pitch with a you know a bit of a hard pitch and with the, with the slope. And it was was it played during the day of a, of a midweek? Yeah, is that right? It was. Yeah, on a Wednesday, yeah. I think it was. But the, was the there referee was there a big the referee out? said, um, I can't remember what the attendance was. I could look it up, but I, I know that they particularly wanted to play that game, but the referee said, said the pitch is frozen, one of the players could break their legs, and so could I. So he called it off the original night, and that's when it got switched to the midweek. Yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, I, mean, I suppose in them days, games got called off a lot more regularly than they do now with the undersaw heating that we have these days and stuff like that. Um, did you, did any of you used to go to the game when it was played during during the week? I, did, I didn't go. No, I didn't go. I didn't go to many of the games. I went to the out the games. I went to the Leicester. I went to that replay at Highbury, and I went to the uh, I went to the final. But I didn't go. I didn't go to any of the away games. But I think no, not that. Can same. I just say, gentlemen? Can I interrupt and say, let's have a glass or something. It's probably now when Frank will be lifting that cup. Cheers, Cheers, boys. Cheers, well, done. well done. All the best well to the double boys from 71. Yeah, big respect. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, guys. Fantastic achievement it was. And, you know, I think maybe actually sort of talking about that, maybe nowadays, maybe perhaps younger generation of fans maybe don't appreciate exactly what an achievement it was because a lot of clubs have done the double in sort of recent times, haven't they? Man City won the treble the season before last and stuff like that. So, but back in 1971, only one team had done it in um, in that century, in fact, and that was Tottenham 10 years before. So it, it was very rare that it happened. So for Arsenal to achieve that at that particular time was a, a fantastic achievement and a very rare achievement as well, because I say not many teams have done it. So um, did you go to the game at Yeovil, Melvin, the, the replay? No, no, I didn't. I was just starting my job, my first job. And for me to get time off, it was a bit tricky because it was daytime. Had it been an evening one, I might have asked for about an hour or so off. But no, I didn't. But um, I remember it being called off. That's why it's Wednesday. I don't know why it wasn't a night match either. Probably they didn't have proper floodlights or something, probably. I don't know. But I they, were, they were giant killers at the time. Didn't they ever hit? They didn't knock some Man United out or something or some big club out years ago. They knocked Sunderland out years ago. Sunderland, that's it. That's Open pitch. That's it. They was, yeah. a, they was, they was a bit of a... A reputation of giant killers. It's, yeah, that's it. 
But uh, we steamrolled on that day. I think it's 3 0. Yeah, 3 0. Destroyed yeah. yeah, I think Radford's got two, didn't he? I think Kennedy yeah. got the other one. From yeah, Kennedy, I think, got a header. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, Yeovil was a team that actually, um, in 1993 as well, we drew them in the third round, didn't we, away? And we won that game on the way to winning the cup. So maybe we should draw Yeovil away more often in the third round, perhaps. That might be yeah. what we need to do, maybe, to increase our chances of winning. The competition. Um, we've had a couple of comments in there. Anthony from the Republic of Arsenal says, Hey lads, smash the likes, people hit the subscribe button. Yes, please, if, if you haven't done so before. Um, and Gigi Gooney says he's currently wandering around Wembley with it, starting the DVD bang on three o'clock. Oh, well, there you go. It was about on time then. That was good. Um, if, if you started it bang on three o'clock, excellent stuff. That, that's good to hear. So, obviously, the third round, and you know, I suppose, you know, a comfortable victory in the end. Um, but the fourth round uh, wasn't quite so straightforward. I don't know whether you guys remember much about this one. Obviously, yeah. another, another team from another division. Um, we was away again, uh, Portsmouth. And I believe that we were winning and they scored in the last minute. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I went to that game. Yeah. Um, it was a very, I think it was a muddy pitch, shock, horror. And uh, we went one nil up, and then I can't remember who scored for us actually. But I know that John Radcliffe got the ball. Who scored? Beat Gary. Story. John Radcliffe got the ball. For some reason, he kicked. Did a. I mean, my brain tells me fifty yard back pass. He got stuck in the mud. They went on in the last minute. I think it was an equalised. So uh, great atmosphere, obviously at Portsmouth, and unbelievable atmosphere. But we were disappointed. We should have won it and gone through. But we had the replay midweek and I went to that as well. That was a, a humdinger as well. I yeah, still didn't we win the replay in the last minute? I, well. I don't remember winning in the last minute, but I think we went one nil down if I recall. Didn't we Gary? Didn't we go one nil down? That, yeah that, that replay was that got called off as well. I, I remember I went to the originally I was going to the game with my brother and we got to Hoban to change for the Piccadilly line and it had a blackboard up. Arsenal match called off. I was so so <laughs> disappointed, but uh, for once the uh, the Ivory um, pitch didn't stand up. You know the um, drainage and the uh, the under soil heating and it couldn't cope with the torrential rain. It got called off, but then they re reorganised it again, and it was another midweek night game this time. That's and right. it was really it was a really close game. I think we won three two. Oh. We did, yeah. Three, what I remember about it is they went one nil up, as I recall, and then I was sitting in standing in the North Bank, I think it was, and the one I remember is Charlie George coming towards me with the ball. He went on, he went on, and then he hit a shot, and that was it, the next shot, and the whole, like, obviously, the North Bank went bananas. Unbelievable. And that was fantastic feeling. And as you say, it was a close game. I mean, they played very well, but we got through 3-2. You know, we weren't going to lose that. We would have played. They weren't going to give up too easily, and they never did that to him. So uh, here's a tight game. Sorry, I think it got a big bit niggly towards the end as well. I think. Yes, I remember. Yeah, he did get Yeah, it was a bit of a melee with Pat Rice and that, and I think one of their players got sent off just before the end. I think Peter Story got the winner. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Yeah. But Charlie, you know what is quite strange, Gary? Sorry, yeah. Gary. Is that they, that Peter Story took our penalties. No complaint. He was very good, especially semi-final. Yeah. 
But with all those yeah. midfielders and forwards that were fantastic at scoring goals, and he was an expensive midfield player, like changed from a fullback, who got the yeah. idea, very good idea, of making him take the penalties? He was cool as you like, though, wasn't he? Let's face it. Oh, yeah. No, I, nerves of steel, didn't he? You know, I mean, yeah. when you think of that semi final against Stoke, when he's facing the number one goalkeeper in the world, in the, yeah. yeah. Uh, just uh, nine months previously, a few months previously, had been in the World Cup and done that fantastic save from Pelly. It must have been pretty daunting and the pressure he was under. And he didn't hit the penalty that well, but he no. rolled footed ranks and it went in, you know. So, he, you know, he could handle the pressure, but, you know, he done well to, to, uh, for us yeah. in that, that yeah. run with the penalties. He's brilliant. And he's got a yeah, he scored a few goals in that cup run, didn't he, actually, Peter Story, that season? He didn't score many in the league, but he scored a few in the cup. Important goals, obviously, yeah. that got us through, like you said, the winner against Portsmouth, right. the, the goal in the first game against Portsmouth as well, actually. Um, and obviously the semi-final, which we'll come on to a little bit later as well. So, um, I suppose that, that 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 game... Was Portsmouth in the second division then? They would have been, wouldn't they? Was it second division? Yeah, they weren't in the top division. They weren't in the top yeah, no. so, um, so so we got through two away games originally um, unscathed, just the Portsmouth game looked like it was quite a nervy one, but we got through, so we are in the fifth round, and fifth round we actually did get drawn again away from home, and again this time it was actually a first division team as well, really, really tough game this was going to be. I mean, it may not be the sort of Man City team that they've got now, but um, they were a decent team back then in the sort of early 70s, Man City. They had some great players. So this was another tough draw that we got, actually. They didn't give it easy to us, did they, that season in the draw, certainly, um, away at Man City. Um, I think that, that from what I, what my sort of, um, kind of looking at this game back, that looked like it was a midweek game as well, was it? Did that also it get postponed? Yeah. <laughs> it did. It did get postponed, yeah. Well, I mean, that was three games on the spin. We got drawn away and three times on the spin, the game got postponed, you know? Yeah, so, that must have been a bad thing. But that was Charlie's night. Charlie was fantastic oh. that night. He got two amazing goals, one a free kick, the other one, beautiful ball from John Radford. Raddy put him through and it was like, team in with rain, it was like mud, a mud patch, really, the field, you know, the pitch. But he just thrived in it, Charlie. And he and what fired Charlie up was Frank McClintock used a bit of kidology before before the game. He told Charlie George that Malcolm Allison didn't rate him, and he said that he he's a flash Harry, and you know he, he he can't you know he's got the, ain't got the stamina to last the game and all this. He really fired Charlie up, and Charlie went out there determined to prove him wrong, prove Malcolm Allison wrong. And at the end of the game. Uh, that was the first time he did the celebration lying on his back, you know. What he that's, did it. Yeah, back. that's it, yeah. And at, at the end of the game, he, he went off He went off the pitch and he started aiming a volley of abuse at Malcolm Allison. <laughs> and, and Malcolm Allison wondered what was going on, like. And uh, Frank came <laughs> like Usher, Usher Charlie down the tunnel and he told Malcolm Allison what he'd done. <laughs> and he just laughed and said, oh, Fair play, you know. He was he took it a good part. But it worked. It definitely fired Charlie up as he got the two goals. 
That yeah. second one, Gary, he must have run about yeah. 50 yards with the ball, must I? Ah, amazing. amazing. In that month, he ran 50 yards with it and then put a lovely shot, yeah. beat the keeper, Corrigan, I think it was. That's right. Joe Corrigan was a goalkeeper. I mean, they had Colin Bell, didn't they? Some of the Francis Lee, they had a good side. Well, two, but, two or two years before that, they won the league. They did, yeah. They won, they won, a, they, they won the league, uh, I think they won the league and they won the cup. They won the cup in 69 and they won the league, I think, in 68. The league in 68, the, then they won the cup in 69. And then they won the Cup Winners' Cup in 1970. That's it, they won the Cup Winners' Cup as well. They were a decent team, more than decent. Yeah, they were. But Charlie was, he was such a, a talented player. I mean, like Bob Wilson said that, you know, when when, when I was training, he'd, he'd kick the ball up in the air, you know, it'd come down with snow and he'd pick it that high and he'd just kill it dead like, you know, that was how skillful he was. You know, he just had the ability just to put his foot on it, killed it. Uh, you know, he, he was such a talented player, Charlie George was, no doubt about that. He was fabulous. Yeah. Going back to a league game, I think when he after he got injured in the first game against Everton, I think yeah. he made his comeback against Leicester at home. And yeah. he came on a sub and no, he shattered Le- at Wilson with a ball. Did he really? Yeah, I, I, thought, yeah. I thought that his comeback was against Portsmouth in the, in the, uh, well, in the, the Cup. cup. Yeah. Oh, perhaps it was another time ago. I'm not going to argue with you. It was 50 years ago. <laughs> I can't really remember that. <laughs> well, all I remember him going, shouting for the keepers on the, by the, end, by the um, penalty box, shouting for the ball. Bob Wilson gave it to him. And he went on a run. He'd done a couple of one-twos with a couple of players. And he nearly actually scored. It would have been the goal of ever. The greatest goal yeah. this side of Mississippi. And he just, I don't know why, I don't know if the goal he saved it or went past most, but I was like, wow, what a play. I mean, years ago, you didn't know what you, you never, you know, you might have gone to a couple of reserve games. I did as well. And you kept hearing his name yeah. crop up. When you're outside Highbury yeah. before the game, you know, you, you, there's a little, there used to be a little bit of a buzz around, wasn't there? And people talking about yeah. players. And this guy, Charlie George, Charlie George, he kept coming up and coming up in conversation. And then when you saw him play, I think I first saw him last time played Swindon in a pre-season, just after they beat him in the league club, thank you very much. And he, he was like a breath of fresh air. Though he had decent players, Gary, he was like something yeah. different. He was a maverick, wasn't he? He yeah, was he like, was he, he, didn't, he didn't actually... He was at the double team's X Factor, wasn't he, really? That's yes. That's what he was. Yeah. You know, he was, that's what he was, but... You know, he, he was. I remember his debut. His debut was against Everton. I think it was about, might have been 69, 70 season. It might have been the year, what, season. First game of the season? Yeah, I think it was the first home game of the season. Yeah. That's it, was. And, uh, we got beat 1 0. And he had short hair then. He didn't have the long. That's it, short hair. That's it, yeah. He looked like a little boy. Yeah, but yeah. you could see little touches in that, our talent. Oh. He wasn't. Why he was so loved was because he was a North Bank boy, wasn't he? He was straight yeah. off the North Bank onto the pitch, you know, and that's why everyone loved him. He knew a lot of them as well. Yeah. That was him in North Bank. He was, he was an idol, wasn't he? He was, if you supported Arsenal around there, though we had some great players, don't get me wrong, fabulous players, once he got yeah. in the team, he must have been most people's idols because he was something, he was special. He was absolutely I special. A, I had a, Big poster of him on my bedroom wall. Uh, 
and he was uh, and he was getting his boots off. It was in the changing room at Manchester City, covered in mud from head to foot, with a big grin on his face. Uh. I always remember that post. I wish I still had it. I don't know what happened to that. But uh, yeah, he, he was my—he was probably my first real idol because at the time, yeah. I was like when he first came into the team. I suppose I was about twelve or thirteen, something like that. And I loved Charlie George. You know, when I when I played football, I was always Charlie George, and my brother was George Armstrong. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Gary, I never scored many goals. Charlie George. No, I was it Charlie George? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't score many goals, but one I scored one, and I laid on me back. They all thought I was stupid, and I probably was. I just loved him. He was brilliant, Charlie. He was unbelievable. Great player. He was. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I went. I went on the stadium tour, and he's a really nice bloke. You know, he was. He's very, very good to as a host. You know, he would sign everything. I would do all the photographs, anything you wanted him to do, he, he would do it. He was fantastic. And he had a nice little bit of patter as well, talking about, you know, he'd say things about the double season and drop little jokes yeah. in and that. He's really good. He's good on the, he does that really well, this stadium. So. Oh, I, I actually um, was, was sort of standing near in one European away game once, um, early 2000, maybe late 1990s. And he was just in the crowd in the away section with the Arsenal fans, uh, just a normal fan. And it was absolutely brilliant. You know, all the Arsenal fans were, you know, all crowded around him and, and talking to him and getting pictures and stuff. And it was just amazing, really. Just, you know, there's not that many ex-Arsenal players, is it, that would just go and stand in the away end with the fans. Um, absolutely brilliant. I mean, what, what a great guy. Definitely fantastic. He is fabulous guy. Guys. Fabulous. Yeah. Do you remember, not you, Gary, I'm going to ask you, Gary, you'd know it. But Richard, you know the song, the song that the crowd used to sing? Was it that Born is a King of Highbury? Was that yeah, the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I've, I've heard it. Yeah, it's I mean, what I was going to ask you guys, actually, because like you said, Melvin, uh, Charlie George got injured, didn't he? The first game of the season. He was out for half the season or more. And yeah. obviously, um, Ray Kennedy kind of came in up front, didn't he, in his place and scored a lot of goals. Now, when Charlie George came back into the team, it wasn't Ray Kennedy that got left out. And he, he was sort of played more in midfield. But did the shape of the team change? Was it more like a 4-3-3 or was it still 4-4-2? Was Charlie sort of playing wide or was he sort of as one of the three front players? As I remember it, I don't know if, you, if I'm right, I think he used to take sometimes George Graham's place. George Graham wasn't playing every game. Is that right, Gary? George Graham yeah, um, left out a few games. I think the position... It was like, you know, there, there was like John Samuels, George Graham, and they were the two that seemed to make way when, once he came yeah. back in. But what he did, the role Charlie had was he played deeper than when he was a... He, he could play up front. He was so talented. He was equally, yeah. equally up front, whether he played up front or whether he played in midfield. But he sort of played a bit deeper, and he was given licence by Don Al to to go where he wanted really you know where he could do most damage and uh that's what he did he had a free role in the team really the only one the others all were more structured you know in the roles that they had to play but charlie he was allowed to play where he wanted really to a certain extent but the thing is Gary, you, i don't think he could work sorry i don't think charlie could be structured you can't. No. You couldn't tell him what to do because he was just a free-flowing spirit. If you actually structured him, you've got to do this. He, he, you wouldn't get the best out of him. 
No, he, yeah. he, he was blessed to just let him do what he wanted, you know, because yeah. he, he had the talent to let him, let him do what he wanted. I mean, I know he, he did score quite a lot of important goals in, in the run into the league and obviously in the FA Cup, as, as, we, as we just spoke about there and obviously later on as well. It kind of reminds mm. me a little bit of the impact that Kevin Campbell maybe had in 91 in the title that we won that year. You know, Kay coming to the side later on in the season, playing more of a deeper role than you'd have imagined as being a former centre forward, if you like, and getting a lot of goals. It kind of reminded me similar of that sort of impact, really. What, what would you guys kind of make yeah. of that? Would that be fair? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. think. Can I tell a little story about Kevin Campbell? Because it concerns. It only leads on yeah. to George Graham. I was outside uh, Islington Town Hall uh, in 1989 after we won the league when we had yeah. the celebration on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And yeah. I was with my brother in law, and uh, we bumped into this bloke who, who worked at the Town Hall. And my brother in law had done some, he worked for BT and he'd done some work in the Town Hall. And he this fella. And the fella gave us free tickets to get into the town hall to meet all the town. Wow. So lovely. Wow. So we're in, we're in the wow. town hall and the players are coming through this entrance to go into like there's like a function room there. And we were shaking all their hands. Kevin Campbell come up and I said, Oh, I said, we haven't seen you yet, but heard great things about you. It'd be good to see you next season. He said, Don't worry, you will do, you know, it's very confident. And then George Brown come through, right? <laughs> so he had a big smile in his face. I shook his hand. I said, thanks for everything, George. Thanks for what you've done for our club and that. And I said, well done, Stroller. And he looked at me and he gave me one of them icy stares that he used to give to Anders Limpart when he didn't track back. George Graham was another really... He was a lovely player to watch, you know, a lovely passer of the ball, you know, in, especially in that final. He was fantastic in the final because he had, it was it was a hot day and it was slow tempo to the game compared to a normal game. And he had the space to really show off his passing and that, you know, George, in that final. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Do you want to? No, no, it's brilliant. That was, that was a great story. George, yeah, George Graham, George Graham was one of the finest headers I've ever seen of a ball. He's not just his passing ability. He was unbelievable. Yeah. He could just hang in the air. He'd jump up 10 minutes later yeah. and the ball would come across. He did it in. Fabulous header of a ball. Yeah. He, he was perfect. Yeah. He was, he, he, his timing was perfect when the ball come across, you know, and the power he generated from the headers. Yeah. You know, he, he, was, yeah. he was one of the best headers I think I've seen that. Yeah, definitely. Because of course he, he did he did originally play as a centre forward, didn't he? So I suppose that, that was probably as he grew up, he probably had to hit the ball a lot, didn't he? As part of his position. So maybe that probably helped him perhaps later in his career. So so anyway, obviously we beat Man City, so that actually put us in the quarterfinals. And of course, by this point in the season, we were, you know, getting close to the league title as well. You know, we were challenging for Leeds as a lead at the top of the league. Um and we actually got another Tricky draw, I suppose you could say, against the team that would go on to win the Division Two title that season, which was Leicester City, which was in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Now, obviously, that that was another uh, that was another oh, yeah. game that went to a replay, wasn't it? I believe is that right? Was it a nil-nil draw? Yeah, first game I went to the first one, Gilbert Street. It weren't a great game. 
I went there. I think, uh, and what I didn't like, I probably mentioned this before, it's a bit sad for our history, though we're talking about the great 71 team and all the great players, but uh, for some reason, and he got a little bit of hybrid, but he seemed to get it worse at Gilbert Street with the Oasis, uh, the Arsenal supporters, John Samuel, they seem to turn it. He was no worse or better than any other player on the pitch. We weren't particularly playing that well that game. You know, we I think we, you know, Neil Neil was probably right. It was a poor game, if I recall. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is crap. What's going on here? I feel so sorry. And funny enough, he, he he signed for Leicester, I think a year or so later. Yeah. And I just that was left a sour taste in my mouth. That's the only thing in that season that I really felt oh, that's horrible. Hate it. But the, obviously the rest of the season, yeah. apart from getting beat by Leeds near the end as well was a fantastic uh, season, but he was a classy player, Sam, also. I think we said before, he could hit a long ball, short ball. He didn't do it a lot, but when he did, he had a fantastic shot on him. Absolute fantastic shot on him. And he was, yeah. as I say, yeah. classy. Yeah. So, well, I don't know why, I've got no idea, but but he, he had a lovely career also. He played, come through the ranks here, true Arsenal, through and through, and then he went to Leicester and a good good career there, so good luck to him. Absolutely good luck to him. Oh. I um, interviewed John Samuels last year um, for Gunnerstown. Oh, yeah. I interviewed John last year for Gunnerstown. Um, and he, he was a lifelong Arsenal fan when he was about seven years old, I think. His uh, mum actually made, uh, made him an Arsenal shirt. We put the sleeves on it and all that, homemade one. So he was he was, had the first replica Arsenal shirt. <laughs> <John Samuels. laughs> Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it's, it's a shame. And I mean, I don't like any, any player getting, um, getting stick off the crowd, actually, because, you know, where you're playing for Arsenal, the, the, the fans should support you, whether you think they're a good player or not. But anyway, I suppose that's a different thing. And unfortunately, for somebody like John, like you said, who's an Arsenal fan all his life, that must have been really difficult for him. I've heard some stories, obviously, Tom Watt has a story about it, didn't he, the other, the other night when he was on. Oh, that's right, yeah. about, about John Samuels as well. So, um, yeah, it's a real shame. Actually, um, but like you said, he had a decent career and he was part of that double squad, wasn't he? He did play in a few of the games, like you said, that Leicester game. Obviously, the replay at Highbury was another um, difficult game, wasn't it? Because, I mean, Leicester, obviously, they won the second division title that season. They must have been a, a decent team. And it was a difficult game, wasn't it, the replay? Yeah, all I remember about it is um, Charlie scoring a goal from a header, corner, a flick, one of those flick headers. I think he went and he ran near post and flicked it in to the far post. I think that you know, for the game atmosphere was brilliant. A midweek game is going to be great, and FA Cup's going to be great. I mean, it was rocking the place. It's you know, it's a great, great time to go to high people games like that, wasn't it, Gary? You know, with a, yeah. when it was a big, I think, it was about, I, think, I think it was about 56,000 there that night. And uh, oh. I remember Charlie went up for the ball and he got a good contact on it and he shot and come out and he, he done shot on the near post and I remember his hair was all flying yes. behind yeah, 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 his hair went everywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a fantastic goal. In the first game, they nearly beat us at the end. Uh, I think Rodney Fern had a shot and Bob Wilson done a brilliant save and kept it out and uh, that got done us the replay so that was the moment where Bob Saved us and kept us in the cup, but Done that a few times. yeah, you know the, the the replay. It was that was a difficult game, Leicester, but there, there was a big old crowd there. But and it was great because we was in the semi final, and that was the first semi final we've been in probably since nineteen fifty two. I reckon it must have been. 
Yeah, I think it might have been, yeah, because that was our last cup final, wasn't it, when we lost to Newcastle. Yeah. Um, we've had some comments in the chat there. Gigi Goulding has a great story about George Graham. It was indeed. And uh, he says he was born in 1971 and his dad named him after George Graham. So there you go. What a what great little nice story one. there, was it? Fantastic. I'm sure there was a, probably a few a few kids born in 1971 that had a few Arsenal names, Charlie and a few others as well, probably people born in 1971. Um, and Terry's in the chat. How are you doing, Terry? Thanks for tuning in again. He says, hi, Richard Melbourne and Gary. Enjoyed yesterday getting everybody's thoughts. Uh, you all still look disappointed. No, we've got over Thursday now. This is all about, you know, the great um the great nineteen seventy one team. You know, put the current lot to shame, don't they? This 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 group of players definitely do. Um so as you said, you know, we obviously we've got past Leicester, another tricky game in a replay um to get to the semi-final. And yeah, it was our first semi-final for quite a long time in the FA Cup. And of course, by that point in the season, that would have been sort of late March time. Um, I suppose the league title race would have been kind of really heating up wouldn't it with between us yeah. and Leeds I mean obviously you guys being sort of fans at the time was you starting to think of the double as a possibility around about that point or was you still thinking you know long way to go and you know take one game at a time or you get a little bit excited thinking you know what we could actually do this I actually I just thought I couldn't believe where we were I wasn't thinking further than that I thought yeah we could win the league yeah we might win the cup but I was frightened to actually believe it because I've never been in that territory before. It was something new to me, you know. It was something that, I mean, up to then, I've never seen a Danny Arsenal get past the fifth round of the cup. We kept getting beat at the fifth round if we were lucky enough to get to that far. So to me, to get into a semi-final, and we're it's between us and Leeds for the for the championship, and they were a bloody good team, Leeds. Don't get me wrong. Bloody good team. It was just like I was in dreamland. I just, I just, I was hoping... But I, I didn't want to think too much about it because I didn't want too much disappointment, you know? Yeah. You don't want to hope kills you, doesn't it? You know, we know that. And uh, I just, I was just going, well, yeah, I suppose we could, but let's think about something else, you know? Let's think about the next game and who we got, yeah, can we beat them? Yeah, of course we can, da, 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 da. So it, it was never that, I was never what you call confident. The back of my mind, it was, yeah, we could do it, but I didn't want to think about it. Yeah, I was the same. I, I thought we could do it, it wasn't until we played Newcastle in the league uh, and we won one nil and Charlie Jules scored. Then I really believed it was on, like, you know, we could do the double. But uh, that's sort of more in the future, you know, that was, that was after we played Stoke. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I can only kind of relate you maybe to, you know, the experience that I've had later on, obviously, when we did win the double a couple of times and when we nearly, when we maybe should have won it in 91, you know, when we had the semi-final against Tottenham and I kind of went into that thinking that we were going to do the double and like like Melvin said, you know, you've got that hope and that's, you know, and then you get shattered, I suppose it did that year, but we did win the league, I suppose it's made up for it, but um, and of yeah. course we did do the double a few years after that as well. So, but anyway, so after beating Leicester, I said we did get in the semi-final and it was against Stoke and if, if we all remember, Stoke, of course, our previous meeting that season, we'd lost 5-0 away in the league. So um, I know that was early in the season and a lot of things have changed since then. But again, you know, as we mentioned, some of the other teams in Manchester City and stuff, you know, Stoke weren't a bad side um, back then. They were a decent first division team. And I say we'd lost 5-0 to them. So they must have been half decent, wasn't they? So we went up to, to Hillsbury, was, wasn't it, for the, uh, yeah. the semi-final? Yeah. 
I mean, I suppose that to win to win a cup and to win a double, you do need to go through a few ups and downs and a few maybe big moments in the season. I think this semi-final was probably the big one of the biggest moments probably in the whole season. Was it that first game when we were two 0 down? And it surely looked. I mean, you must have thought it was all over then, did you? Two 0 down. Well, that that you... point of the season, I think, winning that, you know, that story penalty, yeah. that. The whole double hinged on that, and he come up trumps, you know, and done the business for us. Yeah. But you know, it, funny, it was a strange semi-final because their first goal was a bit odd, wasn't it? It sort of rebounded yeah. the story from Smith to centre half and went in. It was a right freak goal, eh? and then Charlie let us down for once. He tried a back pass, and John Ritchie latched onto it, scored, and they were two 0 up. And at half time. You know, it, it didn't look good, but that team never knew when they were beaten, you know, they, they, yeah. they never give up, and you knew you always had a chance. And Peter Story got a good goal, a good volley, and uh, then the penalty, and that was fantastic, you know, it was, it was once we got the two on, and we took that to a replay, I think they knew in their heart hearts, though, that that was their chance. Yeah, they blew it. I mean, Gordon Banks was a bit jittery that day. I remember he made a few mistakes, you know, mm. that you wouldn't expect the world's number one keeper to make. He looked very nervous that day. He got, you know, he, he wasn't his best that day. But, you know, that was it. We managed to get the draw right at the, right at the death. I think I think it was Geordie put over a brilliant corner. Frank McClintock. Edited it towards, uh, shot or edited it towards going. I think it's John Mahoney handled it on the line. And That's it, yeah. Archery said penalty, you know. And Paul Wilson was on his knees praying at the one end. I think it's not he was at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it must have been. Yeah, I was. I went to Hillsborough. I went with my father, my uncle, and uh, a few. Uh, I think two of my uncles come and a few friends, my father and uncle's friends, went up there, went by train. And when we went one nil down, their side erupted, the, the stoke behind the goal, because Hillsborough was a very big ground, especially where people stand in. And it was like, wow, it was like echoed everywhere. It was a horrible sound. You know, it's not you that scored the other team. Then they got the second, and it was like, oh my God. You know, again, that sound, it was like, what we're going to do, but we came out second half, story of like a volley type ball, didn't he? A volley type goal. And then in the last few minutes, I think I've told this story, but I tell it then. I don't think um, Gary's heard this. Um, my father, with a few minutes to go, said, I've had enough of this. He was so angry, he left the stadium, so he left. And then uh, all of a sudden, a minute or so later, a minute or two later, we get the penalty and we're ecstatic and we score. Yeah, fantastic. A minute or two later, we're coming out the ground and we meet my dad at the uh, station and he's holding his face. He says, what's the matter? Oh, he said, as I come out of the ground, I got into the street and some guy come running down the stairs and effing Arsenal got a penalty, he said. And I went, yeah, <laughs> to the ground. I said, what did you do? He said, I was too happy to do anything. He said, I didn't mind at all. And so that's what happened that day. But, uh, and then we went to the, um, as you say, went to the replay and that was the first time I've been to Villa Park. I think they're in the lower division, so I've never been to that ground. 
and I was just in awe of the uh, ground, the red brick they got outside on one of the sides. I just couldn't believe it. It was wonderful. So they've only been to London grounds and away to a lot of the uh, cup teams we played. But to see Aston Villa, and then that night, everyone felt all the supporters, you see, they feel quite relaxed, like it's ours. We fancy this. You know what I mean? And George Graham got a fabulous header from a corner, absolutely wonderful header that probably only he could do. And once that went in, they, they just dropped their, their shoulders, the other team. And then we nicked another one uh, from, I think it was Ray Kennedy, I think it was, was it? Was it Ray Kennedy? Yeah. Might have been. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Ray Kennedy. I'm strong to Ray for Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Once that first goal went in, yeah. their edge dropped and they were gone. They All over Red Rover it was, yeah. I mean, again, actually, going back to going back to sort of 1991, I remember, um, obviously, because I've always followed the history of Arsenal, I was aware of the 71 semi-final being 2-0 down to Stoke. And we were 2-0 down at half-time against Tottenham at Wembley that day. And obviously, a lot of the Arsenal fans were quite um, anxious. And I was kind of quite calm, thinking, well, this is 71 all over again. We're going to come back and draw 2-2. And then, of course, we did score in the second half. Alan Smith scored a header. And made it 2-1. And I was thinking, this is it, you know, we're gonna get it back to 2-2. We're gonna win the double. It's just gonna be like 1971 all over again. But unfortunately, um, it didn't quite work out that way, did it? That day, David Seaman made a bit of a hash of a Lineker shot, didn't he? And Tottenham won. But Richard. it kind of brought back I know I wasn't at, at 71, but just being aware of the history of it, that kind yeah. of brought that back that day. And I was actually quite calm at half time over 2-0 down, kept thinking, it's just 71 all over again, we're gonna come back and draw and win and win in extra time, or whatever it was, you know. And, but anyway, it didn't quite work that, did it? But anyway. <laughs> No. But obviously we did get through in 71, which was the main thing. Um, so obviously between the semi-final and the final, there was, I think, um, seven or eight league games still to play, wasn't there? Including, of course, a game away at Leeds, which was looking like it was going to perhaps decide the, the title. But, of course, just before that was that famous game when Leeds played West Bromwich Albion, of course, at Ellen Road, when West Brom got that um, very, very dubious goal, shall we say, that VAR probably would have disallowed <laughs> these days. But... Um, Luckily, it wasn't around then. And um, even though we did actually end up losing to Leeds, didn't we? Um, in well, the game, just at the end of the season. Yeah, it didn't actually make a lot of difference in the end because they had lost that game to West Brom. I mean, that must have been... Um, I mean, what did you guys make yeah. of that whole West, West Brom thing? That must have been incredible, really, when you, when you saw that, what had gone on that day. I was surprised that Bertie Lee could referee. I'd never seen him referee before, Bertie Lee, but, you know, he's done well. <laughs> yeah, I think he must that have done that West Brom game when they played uh, Leeds, uh, that, that goal, that controversial goal, which is one of the most controversial goals probably of all time. Yeah. But while they, while they was getting that controversial goal, West Brom, it was around about the same time that Charlie George was putting us ahead against Newcastle at Highbury the same day. Mm. And uh, they lost that game and we beat Newcastle. That was the first time we went top. And that's when, oh. you know, you thought, we can do this. But that West Brom game, I remember Ray Tinkler was the referee and uh, Colin Suggett was offside, well offside. But oh, yeah. the referee, he deemed it that um, he wasn't interfering with play. He said, no, he's not interfering with play. And he, he even looked round. Brett, uh, Bomber Brown, who had the ball, he looked round to see if the ref was going to give it and he didn't say, he just carried on running like <laughs> he played it with Jeff Astor and he just slotted it in 
when they went mad at least players i remember watching it on the telly uh with black and white telly at home uh they the older all the fans started coming on the pitch don Revy come on the pitch and he made tinkler go and have a world the linesman and he overruled the line and i said no he wasn't interfering with play god bless him and uh he gave the goal and he ran, he walked off the pitch shaking his head like don don revy look into the heavens like you know and uh i remember the commentary i think barry davis and he was going and leads are going mad and they have every right to go mad he was going and all the fans getting dragged off by the old bill it was a right it was a right old turn it, it done us it done us a favor because we went up that day cool yeah no, massive uh, that was a big big decision uh, i think it was jeff astle actually scored the goal in the end didn't he i think um yeah brown squared it to jeff astle and, and he scored but That's yeah right. that, that goal did cause a lot of um controversy i mean you can imagine what would have happened these days if it was now and obviously we've got var now but just prior to var if it had been two or three years ago a goal like that that almost decided a league title you can imagine what um what it would have been i mean there would have been a meltdown on twitter wouldn't there probably but um you know for, for once a decision goes in our favor um gg yeah. gunas said there ray tinkler he must have been the referee was he the biggest unsung hero of our double yeah we definitely That's right. yeah, yeah yeah, yeah what, what a legend he maybe should have a statue outside the emirates as well then maybe Get one yeah he's and gg gunas says well we should have won that semi-final in 90, 91 yeah we should have done definitely there's no doubt we didn't have a great day though did we unfortunately and uh, gary from dwtt says good afternoon richard melvin and gary he says he likes that name of course uh, another gary as well and uh, that's always good to see and russ as well um evening chat uh, good evening russ as well thanks for tuning in hope you're enjoying enjoying oh, the yeah. show you know um, sorry yeah, you, know, you know you know you know you were talking about names earlier on my my niece has just had a little boy about six weeks ago something like that and she's called him Charlie George. <laughs> so he's still getting named now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there's probably lots, isn't there? I would imagine, even now, you know, with parents yeah. and grandparents that maybe remember all that. Yeah, fantastic. And mine, goes like back a bit further. mine goes back a bit further. Uh, when my Jerome was born, right, named him, my wife Sarah goes, You're not naming him Liam, all right? We're not naming him if it's a boy Liam, all right? Spot that right out of your Of course, no problem at all. No problem with that at all. Anyway, when he was born, we gave him a middle name of Alex, right? Anyway, so a few years later, my dad bought me the Alex James book, right? Yeah. So I'm looking at it. So I went to Jerome. I said, this player was probably one of the greatest ever Arsenal players. And my wife goes, we didn't call Jerome's middle name Alex because of that. I went, no, nah, of course not. No, nah, never do that. No. Nah. But it did have a little bit of my mind to be a clue. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, the, yeah, that's, that's what it's about, isn't it? You know, you got you got to try and name your kids after um, after Arsenal players you know, if you can sneak one in. I mean, my youngest son's called Emerson, which is basically Merson with an E at the front of it. So I managed to get away with that. That's quite good. So um, just a shame that the uh, the football Emerson doesn't actually play for Arsenal, but one day maybe we're supposed to be interested in signing a player called Emerson. Actually, that's right. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, so obviously um, I say we obviously beat Stoke and um, ended up, as we all know, finally clinching that league title um, just five days before the cup final. Actually, uh, the game at Tottenham, which I know, did you go to that, Gary? Because I know Melvin was there. Was oh yeah, there? yeah. I, I, 
got the pitch. I got a bit of the pitch, didn't I? Oh, of course you oh, did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course the pitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course you was there. Of course you was excellent. Yeah, I mean, that must. Have been, that must have been incredible that night, mustn't it? Unbelievable. I was still at school then, and uh, we left school, ran home, got changed, straight out, got a bus. We was going along on the bus, and it got so far, and then it just gridlocked. You know, it's like down to Shanks's pony. We had to walk the rest of the way. And we were up there. there was. There was queues all around, you know, it, it, it was people everywhere. And uh, we got on the end of one queue, and I, I didn't think we was going to get in. I know we wouldn't have got in. But as we're going along, the place sort of like pushed the people back, and there was a big gap opened up. We just walked over to this other queue. I'm sorry I pushed in, but I wanted to get in and see it. And we walked across, there were four of us. I was the eldest at 14, and my brother was 12. And the other two, I think, was... 12 and 13 and we walked across to the and these these older blokes they said get in here come on get in here and they got us in front no and no one said nothing i, I don't know but that was it we had because we done that we managed to get in so if it hadn't been wow. for them, we got in but when we when we got in there we said i think we're in the park back now, you know so i think that's there in you know could be a bit trouble here like you know so we went up the steps i need not worried because as we walked up the steps, looked out onto the park lane, and there was a big Union Jack, and it painted in white on it was Arsenal right in the middle, and I was <laughs> like this, and it was all it was Arsenal the whole end. And I looked round, we didn't just take their end, we took their old stadium. You know, we, we, there was Arsenal yeah. all around the ground. You know, when they were singing Arsenal, Arsenal, it was like echoing around the ground. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic, but yeah, we got yeah. we got pushed right down the front when Craig Kennedy scored. You know, you know when a goal went in, it was like you could end up anywhere, and everyone pushing, and you just had to go along with it. And wherever you ended up, you ended up. And we got pushed right against this wall at the front, and we were getting crushed. And it was near the end, uh, and the the um the police and the St John's, I was pulling the young kids over the wall, you know, onto the red oak a bit around the side because. Because they, uh, they was getting crushed, and we, they pulled us over. As soon as the whistle went, wings on the pitch, like you know, and uh, dug up a bit of the pitch. And uh, my brother tried to do the same. He tried to dig a bit up, and the copper, he gave him a bonk in saying, you know, he says, you do that, you dig that pitch up. He said, you know, you're going to get a clump. It was a, it was a, it was a fantastic night. But I mentioned it in that, I, I spoke to David Miles, you know, who the, the Arsenal secretary. Mm. And uh, he said to me that Ken Fryer tells a brilliant story about Bertie V that night. And uh, he said, at the end of the game, I was all in the changing room, all the players, Bertie V and all the staff. And uh, someone came in and said, like, the, the fans want you out there, like, you know, they they they're calling for you to Bertie May. And he and they said and he said, but they're a bit rowdy, he said. And they and uh David Mark says and Bertie pulled himself up to his full five foot six and said, <laughs> A man's gotta do what a man's gotta do and marched out there like Captain Mannering. And he came back about three minutes later, right? <laughs> come back about three minutes later, his jacket hanging off like Norman Wisdom. His glasses were like, and he was gone. They nicked his tie, and he's come back and he's gone. 
เซฟลาดีให้เรามา I mean yeah what what a great night though that that must have been I mean you know when you when you look at how different Football was obviously when we won the league again at White Hart Lane in 2004. You know, with a fan stuck away in a corner, and you know the, the total difference in the whole experience. I mean, nothing could have really beat that, could it? You know, to to been you know obviously asked like you said everywhere in the ground at White Hart Lane and running on the pitch at the end. I mean, things that you know young football fans these days will never ever experience stuff like that, and it's a shame, isn't it? Because that's that they were great. Great things to happen, great, great memories and great moments, really, weren't they? And you know, no one was looking to cause trouble. It was literally just how excited people was. I mean, I can remember winning the semi-final of the League Cup at White Hart Lane, and a few people got on the pitch that night, didn't they? After the game, then, but it couldn't have been anywhere like what that '71 game must have been like at the end. You know, to win the league after what was it, 18 years, wasn't it, since our last league title, and to do it like that as well at Tottenham. I mean, what unbelievable! I mean, I'm just, I'm just so disappointed that I was too young to have, you know, experienced that because that would have been, you know, memories that last a lifetime. As I say, 50 years later, you two guys remember so many things about it. Still, you know, it's stuff that never goes away, does it? It will never, it will never leave you, will it? You know, that those memories. Not only just that night, but that whole season, probably as well. You know, as we oh, yeah. touched Fabulous. a lot of it tonight. You know, just, just brilliant. Um, Gigi Gunas in the chat. His boy's called Charlie George as well. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few knocking around, a few Charlie Georges, I would imagine, which is great to hear. I'm sure that uh, there's a few more as well. So, so obviously then, you know, we won the league. Um, fantastic as that was. And then everything then built up. We had a, a five-day wait until, obviously, Saturday the 8th of May, as it is indeed today, for what was going to be the, um, the pivotal match of the whole season, obviously, when we could, um, you know, Eclipsed Tottenham's double from 10 years earlier um, by playing Liverpool at Wembley. Obviously, Gary, you had your ticket out earlier, so we know you was at this game. Um, what a fantastic day that must have been. I mean, I've obviously been to a few FA Cup finals and seen Arsenal win uh, and lose as well, but... Um, that must have been just such an emotional experience to, have, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I don't think maybe fans these days maybe don't realise how significant winning a double would have been in 71, especially for Arsenal, you know, because we'd come out of the doldrums really, hadn't we, for, through the 60s, watching Tottenham be quite good for, for once. And, you know, for us to actually, you know, the history that we had as well, you know, from the 1930s and stuff, we'd never actually won the double despite being one of the, the you know, not had anybody won the double back then. I mean, that must have been just, I can't even imagine in my head the emotions you guys must have felt that day, you know, walking up Wembley Way before the game and, and just being in the stadium all the way through it. I'd have been a nervous rip probably for most of it. I mean, I don't know how you guys felt. It must have been great then. The final then was so different to what it is now because it was a whole day. If you didn't if you didn't support the team that was playing there, you watch it on the television from like 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning. And when the game, half-time, when the game was over, I'd be in the garden kicking the ball around. You know, yeah, yeah. You know whoever the best player was, I was in for about yeah, five, ten yeah. minutes. But when, even in the 71 final, the whole thing, the atmosphere was unbelievable. Everyone was wearing a different... I know they wear colours now, but it's going to be more colourful years ago. Everyone was wearing the colours. Yeah. Everyone was wearing a hat or a scarf or whatever, even though the weather's hot. Maybe the yellows and blues of the Arsenal, the reds of Liverpool. 
you know, when you get to Wembley, it's like it just the whole colours again in front of you and the atmosphere, and it buzzed. Even you're outside the ground, the atmosphere was buzzing, you know? And it really, it, you know, you think, oh, bloody, I've two hours to go before kickoff. Before you knew it, the teams were kicking off. There was so much adrenaline going around your body and thoughts going around your mind. It was like, oh, bloody hell, it's five to three. The teams are coming out. We're going to kick off in a couple of minutes. It was magical, absolutely magical. And that day was so hot. It was a really, really hot day, the 8th of May. Then, not like today. And uh, it, was, it was when we were playing a decent team. I mean, any team that had Shankly running it ain't going to be too bad. And they had some fabulous, fabulous um, players. And they, they were the team of the 70s and 80s, weren't they, Liverpool? I mean, they were just great for a long period of time. That was the start. I mean, they won the league in 65, was it? Or they won the coming 65, they won the league, I think. 64 and 65, they won the league. Oh, was it? Right. They won the league. That's it. And then they won the cup just after that, I think, didn't they? Yeah. The league in 64, the cup in 65, and the league in 66. Right. They, they were good. And they were just transitioning into another great team. Had a couple of fellow years. And then just, and we, and then, and it was, they were a very, very good team. Some of their players, I mean, Tommy Smith, bloody hell, he was as hard as you like. They had, um, you know, they, they had Toshak up front, didn't they? Was it Toshak? He was, he was a good player. Alan Evans. They had, um, yeah. obviously, Highway, Hall. They had, uh, was Emily it Larry Lloyd, the centre-half then? Yeah, Emily Hughes. Emily Hughes, yeah. They had um, Clementine Gull. Was Bill Shankly the manager then? He was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Shankly was the manager. Yeah. On the Friday, well, the teams, they, they go to Wembley just to uh, get a feel for the place, you know, traditional Friday morning, you go to Wembley on the Friday, and Arsenal turned up in their coach, and they walked through the tunnel onto the pitch, and Shankly was standing there like that, because his arms folded, kissing down with rain, it was the day before, and he's just staring at trying to psych Arsenal out, and uh, they was the, and there was George Graham, Frank McClintock, and Bob Wilson, and he come up, and as they went, Bertie and he said, right, we're going now. And as, he, as the three of them went to walk off, Bill Shankly said to uh, uh, good luck, Frank, good luck, George, good luck, Bob. And and then he's, he said, and then all of a sudden, Bill Shankly put a little seed in of doubt in Bob's mind. He said to him, uh, horrible these conditions for goalkeepers, isn't it? So slippery in the goal now. And all that. <laughs> Wow. But of course, the next day it was, as Melvin said, it was red hot sunshine, wasn't it? So, yeah, probably not, wouldn't have been so much of a problem as it might have been. But, um, probably just as well, the... because we'd lost, hadn't we, the League Cup final on a, on a muddy Wembley pitch um, a couple of years before. So, I think maybe probably just as well it wasn't raining on the day because that might have brought a few memories. Yeah, but I mean, I remember getting me ticket, and it cost me it cost a pound this ticket, one pound for a cup final ticket. It's unbelievable when you think about it, and uh, I felt like I felt like uh, Charlie Bucket in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. With the ticket. <laughs> I, I, I kept yeah. looking at it all the time, you know, because 
I, like Mervyn, I've watched every cup final. From about, the first one I can remember was West Ham and Preston in 64. And I watched all of them right up to Leeds and Chelsea the year before. And I kept thinking one day, I wonder if my team would be, wouldn't it be great if Arsenal were there? If we could just get there, like, you know? And it was like a dream come true. Like, you're walking down Wembley Way, you see them, the two twin towers there, like, you know, you're thinking, ah, oh, God, this is, this is like football heaven. And, you know, you go out and you look at that pitch and you, there's so much history with that, that stadium and the pitch, you know. You, you know, that was the stadium where they had the, the Graf Zeppelin went over in 1930 and Alex James lifted the cup in 36, the Matthews final and, of course, the World Cup final, all them big events. Oh, and we yeah. were there, we were on the big stage, you know, and it was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, 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 in the in the tunnel before the game, before they come out, Arsenal uh, played a little trick on Liverpool. They they let them stand in the tunnel waiting and getting anxious, and then they waited another five minutes before they joined them. You know, and Phil Shankly knew that they put one over on him, and he didn't like it because he put the extra pressure. <laughs> on him, you know? Which is really pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but, that's fantastic. You know, when they come out, out of that tunnel, and it's blazing up there, you know, they had them, I remember they had the blue track suits on, you know, with the, the yellow cap, mm. and, it, and it looked so classy. We looked so classy, actually, like when they went out there. And, uh, I mean, Frank McClendon, he was so inspirational that season. You, you, you know, you just thought you could never lose with him in the side. He was, he was, he was just such an inspiration. They, them players would have run through brick, brick walls for him. You know, they, they would have done. And uh, yeah. it, was a, it was just a fantastic day. I mean, um, Jules Graham, he was playing majestically, you know, knocking that ball around. And when they got that goal, the reason I think, one of the reasons that happened was because, because Arsenal's central defenders, Frank McClendon and Peter Simpson, they weren't that tall. And John Tash Toshak, the big bloke, yeah, and he was really, yeah. And what Donnell told Bob Wilson was to come out for the crosses and cut the crosses out so it would take the pressure off of our centre backs. And that's what Bob done. And he worked all through the game. But when they got that goal, he, he anticipated that, that uh, Steve Highway was going to cross it to Toshak. And he sort of overcompensated by getting ready to go to. To the middle, to the yeah, yeah, yeah. cross, and of course he hit near post, and it went off the post like. He miskicked it, didn't he? He meant to cross it, really, didn't he? He miskicked yeah. it. Well, when it went in, Bob said that he looked up and see Frank McClintock glaring at him, and that would have been like the fifth time on the trot that he got a losers medal, like you know. And I don't yeah, think, yeah, he, yeah, a bad record at Wembley, didn't he, Frank? Yeah, Leicester, I think twice, wasn't it? I think it was, was it twice yeah, or Leicester? Twice. Yeah, twice, twice in the last. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how confident were you going into the game that you know we could could win and, and do the double? Were you quite confident, or were you a little bit kind of anxious about it? You know, obviously, like you said, Liverpool are a good side under Bill Shankly. Did you? I know we'd beaten them in the league. I think we'd won one and they'd won one the other one, hadn't they, in the leagues? I think we'd had a win each. Yeah, they beat us, we beat them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we beat, I think both games were 2 0, I think. 
I think both yeah, games were two nil. Good goal that day in the own game. He, he played a one-two with John Samuel. And, uh, That's it. Ball pass. Fantastic goal that day. But yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't at all. I was really confident after we beaten Tottenham. We were on a roll, and I thought there's no way we're not going to we're not going to win this double. I just felt that we was always going to win it, even when we went one back. I knew. I just knew we'd come back, you know. And once we got yeah. the equaliser, I just thought there's only one way this is going. We're gonna we're gonna go on and win this. I really, you know, I didn't I didn't have any qualms about it. I thought we were gonna win. I wasn't confident as, as Gary, but I had every hope that we would. I mean, there's so many things going through your mind at once. When you think about the game, you were just like millions of different things with thoughts of going, what about if that happens? Can we do that? Yeah, we're good enough, but what about this? They've got good players. Yeah, but we've got good players. You know, you're, you're weighing it up the whole time because all your effort is going in to that game. You're just playing the 90 minutes, days before you actually kick off. And when you get there, they suddenly flood back again. It's like, oh my God, that's what I didn't expect that to happen. But it was a very subdued game on the basis of the heat. The players, mm. both players, were knocked out at the time, extra time come. But uh, but uh, when that goal went in, I, I, I wasn't as confident as Gary. When I thought, oh no, oh no. And then we got that equaliser. And I thought, I don't know, a minute. And they might be on the cup here. This could, this could happen. And I was, I was standing behind the goal. And I remember there was a game, the ball was going from Radford to Charlie to Radford, and it went back to Charlie again. And I, I see him shoot, but I didn't see the ball because it was coming straight at me. And obviously it was going a bit of speed. And I, I realised in that split second that I couldn't see the ball. And I had to, all I wanted to do in my life is see that net move. And once I saw that net move, that was it. I was up in the air like the rest of the crowd. And the rest, as they say, is history. You know what I mean? Unbelievable. I think what we should do quickly is we should actually bring the ball in because we need to find out whether George Graham actually touched it on its way in for the equaliser or not. I, well, I've had, a, I'm sure I've had a look. Know. I've had a forensic scientist look at it. And they say that there's more Eddie Kelly on it than George Graham. I don't know if that means anything, but, you know... Right, okay. Well, no. I mean, if, if that's true, Melvin, then actually Eddie Kelly would be the first ever substitute to score an FA Cup final. Is that right? Um, if, yeah, he would yeah. be if, if Eddie Kelly's goal. Um, but, I mean, George Graham, to this day, as far as I'm aware, last time I saw him interviewed about it, he did say that he definitely touched it. Um, but uh, I'm not I'm not too sure. I mean, I don't suppose it matters really in terms of, uh, you know, only statistical, really. But, I, you know, I mean, it's... It's just strange. It reminds me a little bit of the 79, the first goal we scored in 79 when Talbot and yeah. Sunderland both arrived That's at the it, same yeah. time. And I think in the yeah. end, Talbot got given the goal. But I thought it was Sunderland who actually touched it, to be fair, looking at the angle of him approaching the ball. But it doesn't matter. Show, the end of the does day. it matter? It doesn't matter. It does. I mean, I'm sure it matters to Eddie Kelly, perhaps. You know, maybe if we asked Eddie Kelly, I'm sure it probably mattered to him yeah, having a goal taken off him in an FA Cup final, especially I say he would, he would be the first substitute to have scored. In an FA Cup final at Wembley, so yeah. um, personally, I, I want—I'd like it. I think for for a romantic point of view, it'd be great if it was George Graham because of what he later achieved as manager. I think it would be nice if he had yeah. scored a goal in the FA Cup final in '71. But I, looking at replays of it that I've seen, I don't think he touched it. But but Gigi Good, of course, he's going to say that, isn't he? He's named after George Graham. He's not going to say anything other than Gigi touched it. <laughs> I don't think he did actually. I think he he, he done an air shot and it just confused Ray Clements and it rolled into the net. 
Um, but anyway, ultimately, it, it doesn't matter too much. Um, and he says, yeah, Gigi goes, yeah, check my Twitter. There's a video from Movie Tone that shows he touched it. Oh, okay, well. Oh, that's the um, same one. I've seen that. That's the same one when the ball went over the line in the 66 World Cup. <laughs> is it? Oh, well, there you go. That's reliable. It is not clearly. Yeah, you can move the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Ultimately, it doesn't matter, does it? But I mean, um, I say I, I want Eddie Kelly to have been the first substitute to have scored in a cup final because he was our player and it would be nice if it was. Um, but anyway, I don't suppose it matters too much. And I think it was up the other end of the ground to where you guys were, wasn't it? Anyway, it was up the, the other end. end. It was up the other end, yeah. So you wouldn't have known anyway, really. I don't suppose you cared. Once you see the ball go in the net, it doesn't matter who scored, does it, at Wembley, if it's in, especially in the FA Cup final. Yeah, he said we we battered Liverpool second half, you never have gone to extra time. Yeah, I mean I've seen obviously the game, I've I've seen the videos of the game and you know it looked like we were the better team, but Liverpool had some chances as well, I seem to remember actually in that game. And I suppose it could have gone either way, but you know, when you're gonna win a double, you're gonna win a cup, you the big moments do go away. I mean, that was, when you look back on it, that was a great goal from Charlie to win an FA Cup as well, to win the double. I mean, what a great strike it was, you know. I, I remember reading a story that he said he was so, he only went down, down onto the floor because he was so knackered after, you know, extra That's time right. in the heat. And, you know, he said he just about had the energy left to kick that ball. But, I mean, he, he certainly got some power behind it, didn't he? If you wanted anyone to get the winner as an Arsenal supporter then, You'd have probably wanted it for a romantic sake to be Charlie George because he was the idol. Yeah. He hadn't been in the yeah. league in the team that long. He'd broken his leg that year or his ankle, sorry. And uh, you know he, he was amazing. And for, if you you know I don't mind who scored the winner, be honest with you. But if I had the choice for me, it would have been Charlie to round off a fabulous season. And he deserves yeah. to you know he'll always be not only be remembered for that, but he will be remembered for that because he did lots of other things for the club. He did. He was yeah, he was our talent that season, wasn't he, Charlie? You know, yeah. In the FA Cup, especially, you know, he was the talisman. But the the meticulousness, what Bertie Me had, he was so meticulous in the build-up. I mean, before the game, he marked out a pitch where we trained to the exact dimensions of the Wembley pitch, the length, the width, even the grass was the same height. You know, he was so meticulous. And if you remember, we had short sleeves light yellow and it reflected the heat liverpool had dark red shirts with long sleeves long sleeves yeah long sleeves yeah he put a lot of thought into it Bertie, about how he could get an advantage he was very meticulous and very you know the fine details he was very good at and don al was such a great coach as well for that you know he was wonderful as well but uh yeah, it was a great day. Fantastic. I've got a drawing of Don Howe behind me, Gary. Yeah, I'll oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the man himself. And that's with the with that's the cup final team behind him. He's all Oh Arthur yeah, exactly. Charlie did that. Charlie, isn't he? You know Arthur Charlie. You know, yeah, he, yeah, he's good. He's he done that. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's a seventy one team. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it is, yeah. Unfortunately, Don Howe, I remember Don Howe more as being a fairly average Arsenal manager, unfortunately, in the 1980s. But uh, I, I obviously understand what a great coach he was back in the 70s. I mean, he obviously left, didn't he, at the end of that season and went to manage West Brom, didn't he, actually? Took over as, as manager and then he came back again under Terry Neal. 
um, later on. But yeah, I mean, obviously he was a great coach. Um, Gigi Gunner says, he says, that's why I know my boy Charlie Jules, because if Jules Graham never touched the first one, I had to have a cup final score in family. You should have called him, um, you should have called him uh, um, after um, Kelly then, shouldn't you really? Then we can guarantee he would have been there. Uh, I'll call him Eddie Graham. Graham. Eddie Kelly, yeah, would have been good. Eddie anyway, and um, he, the the Arsenal misfit there, Steve says, Melvin, I thought your ball was a friend like the movie Castaway. It was very sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I draw a face on it. I draw a little yeah. face on it. Yeah, maybe you should. Yeah, or maybe you just ma maybe put the, the blueprints on from obviously from Eddie Kelly getting the, the touch for the first goal, and then you know Charlie um, for the winner. And it's funny actually. Again, you know, it's it's how Arsenal's history almost repeats itself because, you know, you mentioned about Charlie getting the winner against Liverpool in 71. Of course, Charlie got the winner in 87 against Liverpool as well in the League Cup final, which was oh, a right. big yeah. moment in Arsenal's history at that particular moment, wasn't it? And Charlie was the hero at the time of, of the fans and everything like that. And it's just funny, isn't it, how Arsenal's history does seem to have those unusual kind of things to it, you know. And going back to the semi-final as well, 1930, when we won our first FA Cup, we were 2-0 down in a semi-final against Hull and came back and won in a replay, as we did in 71. So it's amazing how many things in Arsenal's history have repeated themselves, you know. Um, yeah. It's just a shame that they haven't been repeating themselves that lately, really. But anyway, maybe one day they might do again. But it's just little things like that that just kind of come out of you, don't they? You know, Charlie's going to win at Wembley, which, you know, I was lucky enough. That was my first cup final I'd seen Arsenal win, that League Cup in 87, when, when Charlie scored. So, yeah. you know, obviously not... And not as significant overall in the history as football and Arsenal, but at that time it was amazing, you know, but certainly for me as well to experience that. So yeah, it's just funny, isn't it, how, you know, that seems to happen quite a lot, doesn't it? You know, when, you know, the the, the player that's maybe the fans' favourite ends up in their career doing something amazing for the club, don't they, quite often? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, yeah. Happened, it happened there in, in 71. Um, I mean, you know, fantastic memories there from, from you guys from obviously that FA Cup run. And I say that for the final on this day. The weather obviously didn't quite match it today, did it? Unfortunately, you know, like you said, it was a nice hot Sunday in 71. I'm sure the players would have maybe preferred it today, actually, a bit cooler. They might have, uh, uh, you know, well, I don't know if that helps us maybe. But uh, anyway, I mean, um, sort of before we finish, I really wanted to look at, the aftermath of that season, actually, because it's been touched on before that I know, uh, you know Don Howe obviously left, as we just said, and a few other things. I mean, that team, who, who were obviously you know, a fantastic team with great spirit and um, a great leader in Frank McClintock as well, never really went on from that to really go on and, and dominate English football to the extent that maybe they should have done. You know, a young team it was, wasn't it, at the time? Um, you know, Charlie George went off the rails a bit, didn't he? He never quite lived up to that expectation. I mean, what, why do you think it all kind of um, went wrong, if you like, after that, really? And that wasn't the start of, of a long period of success. It was like the end of a short period of success that we had with affairs, cup and stuff like that. Why do you think that was? Well, first of all, the next season, we didn't win anything, but we came second in both, I think. We got beaten in the final of the Leeds. And we, we had, a, I think we came second in the league as well that season but we weren't up to that level what i think a mistake was made is that we had some fantastic partnerships in that team where mcclintock and simpson were a great partnership and he got he, the manager got rid of mcclintock not only was he part of that great partnership he was the heart and soul of the team he was a great great skipper and uh, you know to take him away you should have you had to replace him with you couldn't do equal 
but nearly, or we wouldn't get anywhere near it with all due respect. And again, up front, we had a great partnership in Radford and Kennedy. They were telepathic. They were very, very good together. And again, they broke that up. You sold him to Liverpool and got in Brian Kidd. And he'd done well for his kid, but he didn't have the same um, partnership with John Radford. You know, mm. and uh, with Charlie George, you mentioned him as well. I don't think yeah. that was necessarily, and I'm, I'm probably talking at my, uh, somewhere I shouldn't, but I don't think that was a football uh, um, action. I think that was basically that the rumour went round that he wasn't particularly getting on with Bertie Mee. I think the, um, I think Bertie Mee was, accepted what he was like when he was producing. And then I think he got a bit fed up with it, I was told. It could be a lot of rubbish, I don't know. And uh, they didn't see eye to eye, and the, the, that made a parting of the waves. So, so Charlie went. So I think those are three big factors. And also, when you take the rip out of the t- any team, you're going to be struggling a little bit. You're not going to be to that end. And you've got to remember, all those players were very, very close off the field as well. When you start disrupting that, it breaks the spirit sometimes. So perhaps I'm being a bit harsh on Bertie Mee because he did win, win what he done one, which was fantastic. But Don Howe is a big factor as well. Take him out of the equation and you can understand why we didn't go on on 74, 75, 76. Who, become, who, who replaced Don Howe as coach then in 71 after he left? Was it sexy? Uh, not Keith Burton, um, Steve Burton, Sean. Steve Burton, Sean. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, Steve came in. Let me look Don Howe. Don Howe. Uh, the plan was it, was it Dave Sexton? And that was Dave before, Sexton, wasn't it? Yeah, Dave, Dave Sexton replaced Dave Sexton, and then Steve Burton replaced Don Al, and, right. and then Bobby Campbell coming to replace Steve Burton. But when they when Don Howe left, that was a massive blow to Arsenal because, yeah, the players respected him so much, and I, I don't think. I think Steve Burtonshaw was a good coach, no, but all due respect to him, I, I don't think he was as hard as Don Al and as challenging on the players. And we bought in Alan Ball as well, didn't we, that, the next season? That's right. Yeah. 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 And uh, then um, they, they sold Frank. I can't believe they sold Frank with Clinton and bought Jeff Blockley, and he was just nowhere near. Nowhere near yeah. Frank McLean. Yeah. And McLean almost won the league again with QPR. They come round right. yeah. to uh, Liverpool in 76. That's it. And That's so it. he was still a good enough player, you know, you should never yeah. let him go. And they and, and then they let Charlie go, you know, he almost went to Tottenham, Charlie, at one time. So That's right. Thankfully, That's Derby right. came in, I took him, I waited if he'd gone to Spurs. And we lost Ray Kennedy, you know. And, it, the tie got broken up too quickly. I mean, we did go close a couple of times. We got to the cup final the following year, lost 1-0 to Leeds. And then the season after that, we got to the semi-final when we lost to Sunderland. Oh, I remember. Uh, I went up to that semi-final. And, and, oh, my God. And we come second in the league. We finished three points behind Leeds the same season. So we, we come close. But then after that, the team got old and it was broken up. And we had a lot of young players coming through, and it was a bit of a transitional time then. A couple of times we flirted with relegation, didn't we? You know, that's when yes, yeah. Brady and O'Leary and Staple come in the team, and they got, you know, they found their feet and that, and eventually they become a good side. When they Terry Neal brought Don Howe back again, 
we won the cup again, you know. So we did we didn't win anything from Donnell leaving and Donnell joining. We never That's won true. anything. It was a big thing, Donnell. Big, big yeah. factor. You know, we success. won it in '71 when he was there, and we won it in '79 when he came back again. So, you know, yeah. it was a major factor, Donnell. I know the players yeah, respect him, as you said. The players respect yeah. him a lot, Donnell. Yeah, it was a personality clash with uh, with Bertie. Me, it was like a, a generational thing, you know. Because yeah. you've got to remember, Bertie was in the war, and he was in the army. And uh, Charlie was like, a, a, a he was born after the war and he grew up in the 60s and he was like, you know, like long hair and all that. And it was like the opposite of what Bertie was, like, you know, they, was, they clashed. It's just a culture yeah. clash between the two, you know, I mean, they had a completely different It's probably correct what I heard then. It was a clash of personalities more than what was on the football field. Yes, I think so. I think so. yeah, it was a show. It was a show. I say because Charlie George never quite did he, he never quite fulfilled his potential, maybe mm. in his career. Um, did he win the league with Derby? Because I know they won the league in the 70s. Was he there then? When, did he actually win the league with them as well or not? No, he, he came in, I think, the season after they won the league. He went to Derby, um, but he scored, he scored a hat trick against Real Madrid at Derby. He was fantastic that night, and then he, he scored it in the away game, but they didn't go through, they still lost. but he was still a great player. I'd love to have seen him playing with a bit more with Liam Brady, you know. Yes. Sort of yeah. That would have been fantastic. But it yeah. they didn't really play that much. They did play a few games together, but not many. Yeah. Didn't Charlie, Charlie Jules got a hat-trick against Tottenham as well for Derby? Was that, you know, I'm, I'm sure I read that somewhere as well. He might have done Davis but, did. Davis, who played for Derby, scored a hat-trick. Yeah, I suppose, in a cap. Davis, yeah. Roger Davis. Roger Davis. Yeah, I don't remember Charlie getting a hat trick. I, I can't I remember Charlie ever scoring against Tottenham for Arsenal. Not once. I don't remember. I can't. I, don't, I can't recall it. No. I don't think he has. I don't think he's ever scored against Tottenham. You know, you know, Gary, you were saying he needed to sign for Spurs. Terry Neal, yeah. I think, was the manager of Spurs then, and obviously he knew what Charlie was all about. He was about to sign him and then sign and then he said, No, don't do this, we're gonna sign on the pitch tomorrow. Because the Spurs had a home game. This is what I'm told. And in that night, Derby came and then nicked him. So had he had that he might have actually signed before Derby. But they wanted to yeah. do a big press ring of Spurs on the pitch. And, and fate has it. Ironically, it was, a, it was an ex Spurs player. A great player, Dave McKay, that signed in for Derby and he stitched Spurs up, didn't he? Oh, no? that's right. Yeah, that's he, it. Yeah, he, he, Dave McKay, that's it. He yeah. was the manager. You actually think he was that a Charlie fantastic was... player, Dave McKay. Bloody hell, he was a great player, Dave McKay. You think that Charlie would actually have signed for Tottenham, though? You know, like you said, being an Arsenal fan, he's still an Arsenal fan now. Do you think he would have actually done it, gone through with it? Do you think he would have done or not? I don't know. I don't know. Can't tell. I'm glad he never. I'm yeah, glad he we're all glad he never, but it's just, you know, I think to, to be an Arsenal, I mean, you know, we know, we obviously know how we feel, you know, I can't ever imagine myself ever playing for Tottenham, you know, if, if I had got the opportunity, I don't think I would have took it. So, you know, someone like Charlie George, I don't know, I, I'd be, I would have been amazed if he'd actually gone through with that, you know. If, if I, I can't, I, I don't think, I can't see that ever happening. Can you, I mean, 
Campbell of Spurs would never have gone to the Arsenal, would he? No. No. <laughs> no. I mean, there's not, many, there's not many players, actually, have left Arsenal and gone to Spurs, though, is there, actually? In... It's been a few. David Jenkins. Remember him, Gary? David Jenkins. Yeah. We got a big stitch close up again with him because we big swapped time. him for uh, Jimmy Robertson. And the That's way, it. And I think yeah, big we time. ended up selling Jimmy Robertson to Ipswich for 50 grand. And I think Jenkins was, I got rid of him on a free transfer to Brentford. <laughs> I don't think he played a whole season for a Gary. I don't think he, don't think David Jenkins played a whole season for Spurs. We got this wing with Jimmy Robertson. Um, and yeah. he was a Scottish international. He was really yeah. good. He was feisty. He he could squash, he could go past people. Terrific. As I say, Scott is international, and you had to be a good player, decent player, and he was. Yeah, well, um, we gave him our reserve. He was reserved, what, what record, David Jenkins. What what record does David Jenkins have for in Arsenal's history? What um what what record has he got? He, got, he scored a hat trick in a League Cup tie against Rotherham or something, didn't he? It was telling him he did, but what what's unique? What what sort of unique record has he got for Arsenal in Arsenal's history? He, he holds a record that has he scored more goals than he's played or something? No, no, it's not as complicated as that. It's just obviously it will never ever be beaten because he was the first Arsenal player to ever score for the club in the League Cup. Oh right, oh right. So was that against Gillingham? Yeah, against Jimmy. The first game was a 1-1 draw and he scored. And he I, got was at that game. Yeah. I was actually at that game. And I don't think David Jenkins did score that goal. I think it was... I think it was... Uh, Tommy Baldwin, I think, scored that goal. And we drew That's one it. off. Oh, now Rich is very good on this. Only, oh. only, and the only reason That's I said... Somebody actually had told me that. Someone actually told me that David Jenkins scored. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I'll have to look it up actually, because that's interesting now. I just, I just assumed it was true because I was told it was true, so I just believed it. But I haven't actually. Richard, bit of research. Yeah, no, we need a bit of research on that. Then it'd be interesting to see if he was actually. Because uh, someone told me he was. So if if that's not true, I'm going to be quite disappointed actually, because I've gone from my whole life believing that David Jenkins scored our first ever League Cup goal. And if it was Tommy Baldwin, it's funny you mentioned him because we did a swap deal. Talking about that good swap deal we did before, we did a swap deal for George Graham. And that was a great swap deal. I know we gave a little bit of money away, but what a swap that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was, yeah. George Graham was, uh, I think we got the best deal there again, didn't we? So we did all right out of that one. Just a little bit. (laughs) George Graham didn't do bad, did he? Um, I'll tell you what, talking about Spurs players going to, Arsenal players going to Spurs. Just before that, we had a centre-half called Laurie Brown. He went to Spurs, and I think the first time he played against, I went to that game at White Hart Lane, he scored own goal. People he? saying he forgot he moved to Tottenham. <laughs> I just looked that up, and it yeah. was Tommy Baldwin. It was a one-old draw at Ivory. There was 13,029 people there. Were and you one of them, Gary? That was Don. I was me and my brother was two of them, yeah. And that was the last time Don Al played for Arsenal. He, he retired after that. And Is that that's right? when he became a coach. Yeah, yeah. I thought I saw that his was last the first game. game in the, the first game we ever played in the League Cup. That was, I thought it was Gillingham, wasn't it? That was his, yeah, that was the last game he played for Arsenal in that League Cup. Don Howe? Well, that's strange because I remember him getting injured. They stretched him off. He broke yeah, his he leg. Came back, he came yeah, back, though, didn't he? Didn't 
Did he come I back? Think, I don't remember that. Oh, I thought I'd saw his last game. He only game. played two games, I think, that season. He played in the league game, the game before, which was yeah. against uh, Manchester City. He played in that. Then he played in that League Cup tie, and I think he realised he it weren't going to happen, and uh, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't good enough anymore, and he because of the injury, and uh, that's when he knocked it on the head. That was the last game. That would have been about sixty-six, would it? Sixty-six, sixty-seven, yeah. sixty-six, yeah. sixty-seven season, and yeah. the game was on the thirteenth of September, nineteen sixty-six. That was wow. Fantastic. In yeah. fact, Gary, the only t- the only time we got beat at a hybrid that year was in the League Cup against Crystal Palace at W. Right. Do, you know many, do you know how many goals we let in at home that season? Six when we won the league. Like, is it six? I'll have a guess. Thirteen? No, six goals. He was right. Six? six. Yeah. All season, yeah. Six goals. And four of them we were in two three. games. There was, there was a six-two and a three-two, wasn't there, against yeah. West Brom? Six-two West Brom. Yeah, three two against Ipswich. That's four of them in two games. So in the other nineteen games, we only let in two goals. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Isn't it? What, what an unbelievable record that was. A lot of one nil wins, though, weren't there? We remember from the other the other. Oh yeah. Games. A lot of one nil. Six goals. Yeah. Gary, was it that season? Six goals. Wow. <laughs> Was, yeah, six, was, yeah. wow. was it that? I think it was that season, Gary, where we played home to Southampton. It was a frosty pitch and it was nil nil. And, and their goalkeeper played a blinder, Eric Martin, I think it was. That's he right. Was, he, we couldn't, whoever we did, he saved it. He had a most amazing game. And uh, yeah. we didn't draw very many games at home that year. We normally won them, but he was outstanding. What a performance. He was, that, that was Boxing Day that was played. That was the last That's game. Right, yeah. Of 1970 that we played, and uh, I remember it was a snowy pitch, and uh, the snow was coming down, and we played with an orange ball. And That's we had it. They used to do that years ago. If it was icy. Yeah, yeah we had the yeah. red shorts. That's it. And uh, we just couldn't. I mean, how many times have goalkeepers come to Arsenal and they've had an absolute blinder? Yeah, you know, yeah. every goalkeeper seems to play so well against us. I yeah. remember George Wood had a, a great game for Blackpool, and we signed him. Yes, that's game. right, and we signed him. And uh, he never, never done it for us, but he was fantastic that day for Blackpool. Just couldn't get the ball <laughs> past. I'll tell you who did play well against us, and, and luckily we signed him. In the FA Cup, we played QPR, and Seaman was in goal. Yeah, and whatever we threw it in, he was unbelievable. I think we signed him the next season. Yeah, we did. And it yeah. just shows you sometimes you need that little bit of luck. You know, I don't know yeah, if we were yeah. going to sign him anyway, but after watching that, and you knew, and we, we were going to swap, we swapped him for um, Lukic, and Lukic was a very good goalkeeper, but you knew you were going to get something a bit special, and he was a bit special. Yes, you know, Lukic did his proud yeah. as well. I remember that game, Seymour played, yeah. You remember that one, Richard? Yeah. I remember that one, yeah. yeah. It was brilliant. Nil-nil draw, and then they won the replay. That's two it. Nil. That's it. Yeah. They tried to sign him twice, Seaman. The first time, it didn't come off. Uh, they tried to sign him uh, in the season before we did sign him. We tried to sign him then. 
and uh, yeah, that's right. it didn't come off, and he didn't got he didn't come to us. But then mm. in the close season, I think we played. I think it was like a record fee for a goalkeeper when we... Oh, a million yeah, quid, wasn't it? Was it a million? 1.3. Yeah. 1.3, that's it, yeah. And yeah. Andy Linigan. And uh, he was great. He was a great goalkeeper for us, weren't he, Stephen? No doubt about that. Yeah. Limpar as well, we bought, didn't we? Limpar, Linigan and um, Seaman. Yeah. yeah. And we should have won a double that season, as we said earlier. Um, mm. Gigi Gouda says uh, he did an evening with Charlie George a couple of years back and he said he would have gone to Tottenham but Derby came in last knock and said oh well he, he was going to go then fair enough wow. uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to but he would have done so um, you know fair play for that and Terry says um, great show a pair of great stories um, and all in the chat as well and hit the likes before you go take care I'll see you soon got a job coming oh, thanks for watching Terry again so I always appreciate your support and Gary's put a, a, something in there, Man City won, Chelsea won. He's the final score, I think, and Steve put that in as well. So City aren't champions yet. Not that we really care anyway. We ain't got it. How many points are we behind then, Richard? Does that do us any good, that draw? Yeah, it might do, yeah. It might open up the, uh, the title race for us. If we've got our last four games, Melvin, who knows? <laughs> we might do the double. Yeah, we might do the double again. You never know. We, we, we'd be there and thereabouts, I'm sure. Um, I was just looking for you know, you said we, we let in six goals that season, right? We drew 1 1 with Crystal Palace. We won 6 2 against West Brom, 3 2 against Ipswich. So that's five of the goals. Who was the other one against? Was it Wolves? I'll have a look. I remember that one. It must I'll have been in a victory because we, we had three draws. One was Crystal Palace, the other two were 0 0 against Southampton and Leeds. Spurs was 2 0. Chelsea was, I think, 2 0. United, I think, with Liverpool was 2 0. United, I think, was 4 0. Obviously, there's one more goal conceded. I wonder who that was against. Wolves is in my head for some reason. I don't know why. I'll find out. I think, think it was a two. I think we beat somebody 2 1, didn't we, that season at home? Can't think. Just look, you know. Come on, talk to me. Who did we let the other goal against? What? He won't know. Will he? he only knows the FA Cup final. Oh, yeah, he's only FA Cup. You're not league, are you? Sorry. No, it's a different one. He won't know. He, he, just ask him if Eddie Kelly if Eddie Kelly got that goal or George Graham touched it. That's all we need to know. <laughs> yeah, he's nodding at Eddie. He's nodding at Eddie. Every time yeah, I, yeah, I think he's Eddie. Eddie. Yeah, we're giving it to Eddie. We're giving it to Eddie anyway. We don't care what they say. We're definitely giving it to Eddie. It's his goal. He deserved it as well. Definitely. Can we find out his goal? I'm saying Wolves. I'm sticking with Wolves for now. Wolves. Don't remember that game. Wasn't Stoke beat them 1-0? Yeah, Newcastle was 1-0. Burnley was 1-0. Blackpool was 1-0. 1-0, yeah. Leeds was 0-0. Yeah. Everton was 4-0. Not Forest was 4-0. Yeah. Now, if Martin was on here, he would know. Martin would definitely know. Would he? Yeah, you must admit, his, some, of the, some of the things he was saying the other night was fantastic. Right? Yeah. He's, got, he's got some knowledge as well, hasn't he? Both Martins would know, actually. Let's have a look when he plays balls. Well, Wolves in the top division, then. Richard? Yeah, for a, yeah. They finished, they finished, uh, I think they finished third or fourth, they finished that year. Yeah, Spurs were third. Yeah, Spurs yeah. were third, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. Wong's at home. Oh, I remember the game. Well played, Richard. Well played, that man. Uh, who scored for us? Uh, in that game. Yeah. Um, let's have a look. Where is it? I believe it'd be glasses, really. <laughs> Give me one second. One second. Uh, John Radford and George Graham. It's good. Wow. John Radford and George Graham, fantastic. Great stuff. What 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 part of the season was that? Well, that would have been in the first half of the season, wouldn't it? Was it quite uh, early on in the season, maybe? I, guess. I don't remember that at all. Well, blank. Maybe November, December time, I'm thinking. Let's have a look. Blankety blank I've got there. I remember that one. You're not going to remember them all, Melvin. There was 60-odd games that season. <laughs> Well, 66 know. games, I think we played or something like that. I breathed every one of them, mate. I breathed, we lived through every one of them. Kicked every ball from, you know, from yeah. the stand. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, it must have been. It must have been an amazing, obviously, an amazing time. Well, oh, right. So I think it came. I think it came. I mean, I'm only going off obviously the books I've read. I'm sure it came after a European game in the Fairs Cup. Actually, I think we played a European Fairs Cup game and then played Wolves. Well, we played Manchester City away the game before, and before that, and the game afterwards, we played Beveren of Belgium in the in the first oh, half. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was a European game around that time. Yeah, that maybe yeah. maybe why you well, got before Manchester before Manchester City, it was Beveren again. You know, that was the first leg. Then we played Man City, then Wolves, then Beveren again. That was the, that was how it went. Well, I'm thinking we only had about 16 or 17 members of the squad, didn't we, that year? We played 60-odd games. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. I'd say you had, like, the, the 11, plus you had Eddie Kelly, John Samuels, John Roberts. And really, the others hardly played at all, did they? It was really... You're talking Barnett about... never played. Barnett never played that year, did he? No, I mean, Marinette played once. Sammy Nelson might have played a couple. But he played four times, Sammy. Yeah, four, yeah. yeah. So that, you know, really, they only had about 14 players that they yeah. used all the, you know, they played nearly all the games. On those pitches, Gary, as well. On those hard pitches. Yeah. Yeah. Someone wants to tell me that you, that you can play 60 games with 14 players. <laughs> Maybe for next season. Maybe maybe push him. We won't we won't play sixty games next season. Of course, with no Europe, we'll, we'll play about forty-two games, won't we? Forty-one, forty-two games that yeah. it. So there's no reason to rotate the squad next year, is there? Let's be fair. So, but anyway, different times, I suppose, and football was slightly different back then. But but yeah, great effort. I mean, like you said, fourteen players played a majority of the games, sixty odd games in four competitions. We you know won two of them. Um, and got to the, I was thinking it was a quarterfinals and a Fairs Cup as well. So, you know, we had decent runs everywhere in apart from the League Cup we got knocked out earlier, but 66 games or whatever it was with 14 main players is what an effort that was. And for the Cup final in that heat to go to extra time as well and for us to pull it out of the bag from 1-0 down, it just showed, in it, that that team, um, they had a special kind of spirit, didn't they, the 71 team? Yeah. And probably... 
I don't think there's been an art. I know we've had great teams since, and you know we had the unbeaten, invincible team and everything else. But I, I, I don't think it'd be it'd be difficult to find another group of players that were that had that spirit that seventy one team had. I know George Graham maybe tried to recreate it in the eighties and nineties with his uh, sort of eighty nine team and stuff like that. They had a good spirit as well. But I think that seventy one team was something special, weren't they? Something different, and I don't think we've ever had that before or since really. And it's shows how important this this was to the history of the club really how, how important it was and you know for you guys to have experienced it firsthand being there um was amazing really and you know and, and the other guys we've had on the channels over the last week going back over the, the, the memories of, of the season i mean it's a fantastic story i really enjoyed it because for me the, the 71 season has been all about um you know watching videos and, and reading books and stuff like that you know and getting the the history of it and the memories from that. But to actually hear you guys with actually really being involved there and being at the games, you know, it's been it's been a great week for me to to hear all this actually. It's been fantastic. And um yeah, I'm a little bit um I'm a little bit jealous that I wasn't old enough to have experienced it myself actually, because it would have been, you know, those are memories that you say 50 years later, you still remember no one's gonna remember this Arsenal team in 50 years time, are they? Let's face it, you know, no one. So even the team that won the FA Cup last year in 50 years' time, we're not going to do... Well, we won't be doing a show about it, but nobody would be doing a show about it. <laughs> you know, because it's not that important in the overall scheme of things, is it? So, um, Gigi Gunner says, great listen, guys, and great stories. Uh, he says, uh, well, whatever. thanks, well, thanks for, for tuning in. As Steve says, don't forget, those players back then were playing all those games while smoking and drinking till their hearts were Yeah, that's true. Yeah, very different from today's players. Yeah, I mean, the game was played at a different pace as well. Let's not forget, I suppose. But, yeah, an incredible effort. I mean, you know, maximum respect for every single one of them for what they did that season. And not just that season, but in, at that time to play all them games. Because every every club were the same, weren't they? You didn't have big squads back then. It was a small group of players. And to win anything, you had to, you had to keep playing through injuries and everything, didn't you? You know, you couldn't just... Um, you know, nowadays they get a slight little strain. Oh, I'm not playing for three months. You know, whereas back then they were playing with little muscle strains every single week, probably, and still winning games. And, and so, worse. And worse. Yeah, the thing worse, is, exactly. what we haven't touched on is, uh, and Gary backed me up on this, that the spirit in that team was unbelievable. If anyone was getting kicked, they'd all be on him. They'd all be backing him up. They'd all be sorting it out. And, and if anyone tried to take liberties, I mean, they were there for each other. But you know what I mean, yeah. and we, you know, it was you. You felt that as a fan as well. You felt like that you yeah. got them. They got you. You got them. It was just that was the way it was, you know. And you but, appreciated that. They they were a real band of brothers, weren't they? You know. Yeah. In every sense of the word, you know. You, even now, you know, Frank's still their yeah. captain. Even uh, you know, eighty-one, he's still their captain. And yeah. Still got that such close bond, you know, as yeah. friends and, and that. And uh, you know, they went through a lot together and uh they bowed down to no one, you know. Leeds were a physical side sure. and they and they used to try and kick teams off the pitch. They did they did it at George Eastham, I've heard, you know, I wasn't there, but I've heard they kicked oh, him. Yeah, first. they used to do that. I remember with George. of course George was a very good midfielder. Sorry. Yeah, you know, he was a classy player, but he was very slight and they kicked him all over yeah. the place. But they, they tried that against Arsenal when Eddie Kelly raised a Bremner kicked him up and uh the referee didn't book Bremner or anything and uh Eddie Kelly took Bremner out 
And uh, got the elbowing, didn't he? Give him an elbow. Yeah, he got sent off. And, but although we only had ten men against a great lead side, we went toe to toe. You know, we weren't. We was giving it as good as we got. You know, we had people like Peter Story, Peter Simpson, Frank McClintock. They could all put it about. You know, they they weren't they weren't worried about. That. Pat Rice, yeah, they wouldn't shirk. They were, they, we, we could, we could dish it out of the best of them. You know, if, if people wanted to try a physical battle, Arsenal wouldn't bow down to anyone. Not that side. You know, I mean, they, they weren't as individuals. Probably, you know, they're not like the um, invincibles. You know, they, they're not got Dennis Bergkamp, Patrick Vieira, and Henri and Pires. But what they had was the sum of their parts was greater than the whole. Yes. You know, it, it, they was they was yeah. together. They was they was a great team, not a great footballing team, but a great team. That's how Bob Wilson describes them, and they mm-hmm. and they all fitted together like a jigsaw. They was just they was just great for each other. You know? I don't mean to be disrespectful to them because it's not. It's it's quite the reverse. But that you could actually make a case for saying they were like legs eleven. All their little specialities, but when they come together, they were fantastic. Yeah, that's what reminded me. They were yeah. great. Yeah, still no, my heroes. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, they were my heroes when I was 14, 50 years ago, and they're still my heroes now. You know, I'm still in awe of them. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I understand that. No, it's, it's it's brilliant to hear the stories and stuff as well. You know that that you that you've got about about that team and, and other stuff as well. It's just, just fantastic. And, you know, I, I just feel, you know, and not, not just now, it's always been massively important to me, the history of Arsenal, actually, where the club have come from. And, you know, to to hear stories from people like yourselves that have experienced some of those great moments that, for me, were just stuff I've read in a book mainly because, you know, I wasn't able to be there. It's, it's been great. So I've enjoyed this week looking back on this and um, hearing all these stories. It's just been fantastic. It's almost brought it all to life, you know, because I say for me, it's been more stuff I've read and, and videos and stuff, but it's actually brought it all to life this week, listening to you guys. It's been fantastic. and Absolute pleasure having you on, Gary, as well. Um, today. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here. And just to say to everybody watching, um, please check out that the, the stuff on, on Gunners Town as well, that, that Gary writes, really great stuff on the club. And not just history, obviously the the up to date stuff as well. There's some stuff on there as well in there from now on that on on Gunners Town for obviously what's going on at the moment as well. But the stuff that Gary's done on the history is brilliant. The '71 stuff in particular is absolutely fantastic. So definitely check that out because you'll really enjoy it. There's no doubt at all. Um, and obviously, um, thanks to Melvin as well as usual for for coming on and sharing some great stories of um the, the great season that we had in in 71 of course 50 years ago it's, it's time's flown hasn't it it has flown. It and um unfortunately the current team are not living up to those kind of standards um unfortunately but that's the situation that we're in um but maybe one day we might get it back perhaps one day we might experience some great times again maybe and be uh be good but uh, i'm not feeling too optimistic about that but you know i don't want to think too much about the current team at the moment because um They've let us down too many times. Let's just just remember the, these great players that, that didn't let us down and actually produced some amazing um, some amazing things. Um, Steve the Misfit says there, yeah, great stories, guys. Enjoys very much. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, Gary, as well. Um, and he says, uh, I want to forget this year's team by tomorrow, but it's such a nightmare. I feel I'll never forget. No, we probably won't. But sometimes, you know, you, you need to experience the bad things to appreciate the good things as well later on, don't you? So 
you know you need to look at it maybe that way uh, and Gigi Gunner says we'll be back yeah I know we will we'll definitely be back with Arsenal of course we'll be back we've always been back we've had bad times and come back and enjoy more good times I'm sure we will I'm just not quite sure when it's going to happen at the moment but anyway we're that's for another day you know we just want to remember the great days that we enjoy well you guys enjoy particularly 50 years ago which um, which is amazing so Thanks for sharing your stories. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for watching. If you haven't, I know most of you guys in the chat have already subscribed to the channel. If you haven't done so, please um, please do so. Um, Gary says, yeah, great show. Now, thanks for watching, Gary, as well. Um, please give it a like as well um, if you've enjoyed it. And um, stay, stay tuned to the channel. I will be doing, actually, I'm not going to, I've decided I'm not going to bother doing a West Brom, a West Brom game tomorrow because I'm just not even asked to watch it, I've got to be honest. But I am going to do a West Brom with the Arsenal women playing Aston Villa. Um, at uh, I think that's half past uh, one kickoff, so I'll be or is it half past two kickoff? I'm not sure. But anyway, I'm, I'm gonna I'll be covering that game tomorrow and um, doing a watch along of that uh, last game of the season. They need a point to mathematically seal the Champions League. But I think they're get there anyway. They need a 28 goal swing with Manchester United, so that's not going to happen. But I'm going live on that one, and I'll probably do a, maybe a fan cam show after the West Brom game because I don't think I can sit through 90 minutes. I'm watching it to be honest, it just doesn't appeal to me at all. And it's not even like we can watch Mate and Niles play for them because he's not allowed, is he? So there's no reason to watch it at all. But, um, but anyway, so I've got some good stuff coming up on the anyway. If you like the Arsenal winning, watch that tomorrow. That'll be good, I'm sure. And um, obviously, next week will be is it a, it's a midweek game this week, isn't it? Is that is it Chelsea? Is that next week or is that the week after? I'm not sure. I've lost track of the fixtures now. Wednesday, I think. Is it next Wednesday? Isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's going to be fun, isn't it? And Steve there says he just missed the stream. It'll be you can watch it back anyway. In when when we finish in a minute, you'll be able to watch it back on YouTube anyway. So it's worth watching. You can get some great memories uh, from Gary and Melbourne. Actually, you will enjoy it definitely. There's no doubt. So definitely um, tune in for that as well. Um, yeah. So we'll see what's happening later on. They will obviously Chelsea games. Probably might be worth covering, I suppose, but we'll see. I've just lost all motivation at the minute. This current Arsenal team have done my head in. And um, I want to go back to 71. You know, I want to go and get back to the future going, get the old mad scientists, take us back to 71 so I can experience it for real like you guys did. That would be good. And see that ball next to Melvin fly into the net and Charlie's um, Charlie's right boot banging in the net. Fantastic. We want to relive that again in real life. That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, but, you know... It's, uh, it's good that we've had the memories anyway. So massive, massive thanks to, to Gary for coming on. Fantastic um, stories there. And obviously to Melvin as well. Um, and Melvin actually for putting a lot of these shows together over the last week. We, we did the third one that we've done um, across this channel and Ryan's channel as well. We know we had Sammy Nelson on. Fantastic guest he was. Uh, Martin um, Wengro as well. The other Martin as well. Martin Levy was on. Yeah, some great guests. Tom Watt as well we had on. So it's been fantastic. And Gary, of course, as well today. So um check out all three shows actually it makes a good little um a good little trilogy of, of double celebrations which is good and if you enjoy your arsenal history you definitely enjoy it so tune into all of that and i say in the meantime um stay tuned to the channel subscribe and like if you haven't done so and i'll probably see you guys tomorrow for the uh, for the women's game and um obviously speak to you guys again soon and in the meantime of course as always come on you gutters come on, you let's do it again come on